praise your name in this place. Fanny, I think about the words we just sang that we can praise you regardless of our situations. Father, we love you. May that be a reality in our life here today. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name.
You may be seated, please. Aren't you glad to be here this morning? Let's give our God another hand, man. We worship our great God, you know? We're so thankful that you're here this Memorial Day weekend, and many of our people are traveling. You know, three-day weekend's a great time to get a tent out, right? So I don't understand the tent thing, but a lot of them are in them this weekend, right? Luke's out there and having fun uh, with his family. They're a big camping family, and I know many others are traveling this weekend, but we are glad that you're here. It's an exciting time. This Memorial Day weekend, I'd like to just pause and, uh, and let's, let's remember those that have fallen. Uh, you know, we have this great country. God has given us this wonderful land in which we live, and uh, we are just so thankful for it. But we want to remember that that freedom was not free, was it? It was paid for with a price. And for many, many served. But this is the weekend we remember those who, who lost their life, who gave their life in serving our country. So I'd like for you just to pause for a few moments with me and watch this video. How do you say thank you to those who gave everything? How do you honor the brave men and women who paid for our freedom? The truth is, there are no words. There is nothing we can say when the sacrifice speaks for itself. Today, we honor our heroes. Lives given, not in vain, but with purpose. We stand grateful for their courage. Blessed by their strength and encouraged by their resolve. For the fabric of America is held together by the thread of the American soldier. Today, we remember their sacrifice. pause and take a few moments and honor and remember those and just have a moment of silence thanking God for this great land and remembering those that paid the price. Our Father and our God, we come before you and we thank you for this great land in which we live, the United States of America. Lord, we, we lift this land up to you. We know that more than ever we are in need of you to work in this land. But God, I ask you today that uh, you'll just allow us to be thankful. Would you allow your people to be thankful for the freedoms that we have, that we can come to this place and we can worship you because men and women went out, gave their life to pay that price of freedom for us. God, we thank you for how you protected this country. We ask for your guidance on the days ahead. And we ask you for all those families now, Lord, that, that are even today dealing with loss because a family member went out to serve. I ask that you'll minister to them and meet them right where they are. Thank you for the great heritage that we have in this country. In your name we pray.
Just a few announcements this morning as we continue. Uh, we have coming up June Jamboree is on June the 15th. That's a Friday night. It'll be out here on the front field there. And I would encourage you just go to the um, go to the website, get your free tickets, put the word out. We want to use this. Our, 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 our mission here at the church is to bring people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And I want to encourage you to, uh, to use that. That's what we're doing this for. Uh, yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. There's all kinds of th- events planned, and you get more information out there. But it's going to be all family, all ages. You know, everybody will have, there'll be something for everybody out there. But uh, spread the word, and we're just going to have a great night. But if you'd like to serve, stop by the table in the foyer. Jenny will be out there. Stop by the table in the foyer and uh, the June Jamboree table, and she will help you find a place to serve on that night. We want, we need as many people to serve. I think there are already three or 400 people already signed up, and that's only going to keep going higher and higher as we get closer. So let's, uh, let's get excited about that. And then coming up, we have our car cruises. They're on Tuesday nights, provided that there's not a flash flood warning, okay? So it's just been raining so much, been hard to get these things in, but I, I want to encourage you to, uh, to, to be a part of that. If you have an old car, you'd like to come up. Our teenagers sell hot dogs and hamburgers to help them get on their trip and uh, on their camping trips. And those are all a lot of fun things coming up. Then we have Vacation Bible School coming up, Amped. Uh, we're going to teach the kids how to live fully alive. That'll be coming up. Ju- uh, ju- um, sorry, that is interest meeting is next week, June the 3rd. Next, meet- next Sunday after church, June the 3rd at 1215. There'll be an interest meeting. If you can serve, if you, if you say, I don't know what I can do, come to that meeting and you'll find out what you can do. And, uh, and they will help you plug in. If you can give a day or two, five days, it's, uh, it's going to be Monday through Friday. There'll be a couple hundred kids here. We want to really reach our community for Christ. So we can't do it alone. We need to do this as a church. So I want to encourage you, stop in, find out how you can serve and, and be a part of that. And then coming up on, on, on our, on our regular, regular meetings here, on our regular Sundays, we've got a lot of things planned here in June. Coming up in June, we're going to have Man Day. All right, that's just coming up in a few weeks. That's on Father's Day. We're calling it Man Day. There will be bacon, egg, and cheese bagels on the way in. And Maxton already asked me how much bacon to get. I said, you can never get enough bacon, all right? That's the answer, right? And it can't be Man Day without bacon, right? Oh, 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 oh. all right. So we're going to have fun. If you have a classic car, some of these guys were the classic cars. Somebody had a 57 Chevy. They brought it up last year. Uh, different, different cars like that. See Pastor Al. He'll, he'll put you on. He's trying to organize some of that. We want to show off some of those classic cars. Have fun. Uh, one guy even brought up a sailboat. All right. Uh, Eric. Uh, what's his name? Eric did that. Anyhow. Anyhow. I know Eric. You know, you know Eric. All right. He, he brought up his boat last year. I was like, that was pretty cool to see a boat come up there. So whatever, uh, whatever you have out there, uh, you know, men can bring their toys and we'll have a fun day outside. And it'll be a great day inside. That's Man Day coming up. That's on Fox. Father's Day, and then uh, the week after that, I believe, is going to be Founders Weekend, all right? Founders Weekend. Pastor John Arnold, who was the pastor here for 47 years, this year would have been his 50th year, had he still kept going. It would have been 50 years in October, and he's still alive. Isn't that amazing? So uh, let's give him a hand. I mean, he's not ever going to thank him, though, and, uh, you know. He, uh, he, he, he sacrificed, made a ton of sacrifice, and we stand on their shoulders. We're going to honor him. He's going to come back. We're just going to have a good weekend with him 
and, uh, and just it's going to be an exciting time. So those are just a few of the things coming up. I want you to be uh, just looking and keep inviting through the summer. Our mission is to bring people into growing relationship. That means we bring people, right? So we bring them and we say, hey, check out my church. We're, we're talking about these things and, and just uh, let them plug in and, and tell them, you know, the pastor only speaks till 2 o'clock in the afternoon. You'll get out of here on time, right? And just help everybody enjoy it. But let's reach out. Maybe there's others that you've said, ah, you know, it's been, you know, summer and people are coming and going. Keep, let's keep an eye on each other and let's connect everybody this summer. So connect within and bring those on the outside. Let's stay on our mission. Um, one, of our, one of our things about mission, as you know, this summer, Pastor Caleb York and his wife are going out to plant a church. They're, they are going to be with us about four more weeks here, and then they are moving to Columbus, Ohio, and they are going to plant a church called Discovery City Church. Can we give them a hand? Super excited about this, all right? And... Uh, Caleb's been with us about four years, and it was a, uh, we've had a lot of good times, a lot of fun things and that. He's been my neighbor. He's lived right across the street, and I told him he's allowed to sell the house to anybody but somebody that works on church here, all right? So, and, and so anyhow, we're, we're going to have fun, and, uh, and, and, but we're, we're going to bless him and encourage him on the way. He's going to be on our birthday gift to Jesus list next year, and uh, we're just so thankful for you guys. It's been a fun ride. But in the same moment, we're also been saying, all right, who's going to be our next youth pastor? Uh, this church has always been strong in student ministry, young people, children and teenagers. We believe that that is the next generation. And if we don't pour into them, we're not going to have a next generation for Christ. And it's our responsibility to grab the next generation, give them Jesus and make disciples. So we have been praying and and. and really talking to people. We've interviewed a number of guys over the past six months that we've been talking, we're working with Caleb. So a uh, uh, young man is with us today here, he and his family, Eric Raspberry. So I'm going to ask Eric to come up and just introduce yourself to the congregation. And we're just praying. Nothing's official at this moment, but we're praying. And I want you to see him. And, uh, and I'm just asking God to lead us. And he's asking God to lead them. So as we seek the Lord's will, we're excited about this. But tell he's been here since Wednesday. I've eaten about 16 meals with him. I think that's a great way to get to know people, right? So that's how I got to know Caleb. We ate our hearts out, and then he came. So that's the same passageway, right? So there you go. There you go. So uh, I'm going to just ask him, share a little bit about your family, a little bit synopsis of your time here, and then we'll pray over the offering, all right? Sounds good. Yeah, so... Um it's been just a whirlwind of a week, uh, but it's been a blast. We, we got into town at about 1.30 a.m. on Wednesday morning. Um, I, I have three kids. I have a five-year-old, a three-year-old, and a 10-month-old. They slept most of the trip, uh, but they were wide awake when we got here, and they saw the beds in the hotel and thought trampoline time. So uh, they just went bananas. Um, but like I said, my name is Eric. My wife is Lisa. Uh, she's fantastic. Um, so... I'm super blessed. We're our seven-year wedding anniversary is tomorrow. Seven so, years. Yep. She is a strong lady, but it's been a blessing. Um, yeah, but this week really has been a special time. I've loved every conversation that I've been able to have. Um, it really has been lots of great food. It's enough of a reason to live here, but what's been really... We got him a Permani sandwich, all right? Yes, so. and I finished it, which was fantastic. He told me if I didn't finish it, I could go home. Um, 
But uh, the people that I've been able to meet, the, the, the leaders and the students, you know, they're sitting right here. It's been so humbling and impactful to see what God is doing in this church as a whole, but especially with the students. Um, it, it's an amazing thing that you guys get to be a part of. And I, I hope you do understand what, what a special thing, a movement of God that is happening in the fifth through 12th graders. And so I want to encourage you to be praying for them as God is working in their life as these leaders who are so passionate and so fired up and so dedicated uh, to discipling them and growing them in their walks with Christ. It's an amazing, amazing thing. And it's been just a wonderful chance to, to partner with them even for this short time and for whatever time God has planned. Um, but let's pray together for uh, this offering. Um, ask the ushers to come forward. Can we just thank him for joining us this week, man? It's been a great, great time. And lead us in prayer. All right. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for today. Lord, thank you that you are the author and perfecter of our faith and that you allowed us to be in your presence yet again to learn more about you, to learn how you view us and how we can become more like the image of your son. Lord, we, uh, we ask that you would take these offerings, that you would receive them. We know that they're already yours, but we ask that you would multiply them to impact your kingdom and to grow our faith. Lord, we thank you in advance for what you're going to do, for what you already have been doing, and the fact that we get to be a small part of it is, is amazing. So Lord, we ask that you would prepare our hearts, prepare our minds, remove distractions, and be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen. So you, you guys hear me say uh, quite often, um, I'll quote Psalm twenty two twenty two, and it says that um, I'll sing the praise of the Lord in the assembly of God's people. And that means um, here in this room. So we, we sing together to God, but we also sing and remind each other why we're singing. And um, so I love doing that and uh, want to continue to learn new songs as we do that. Psalm 96, 1 says, I'll sing a new song to the Lord. So whether that's a new song to our church, a new song that we're writing in our church, or whatever that may be, um, I think there's power in, in singing that together. So um, we're going to learn the song, and then we're going to stand up, we're going to clap, and we're going to sing it together. So we're going to sing now. Oh, you are the only king forever. Almighty God, we lift you higher. Victorious, you are the only king forever. Almighty God, we lift you higher. You are the only king forever, forevermore. You are victorious. Come on, stand up, clap with Amy.
King forever. We praise your name in this room because we were once dead in sin and now we're alive. So suffer our hearts as we hear your word. Father, we love you and we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. couple weeks into our series on hashtag goals and as we look at these these are you know the the ultimate goal is to be like Christ isn't it and so as you you look at how to be like Christ how do how do you have these goals how how are these fleshed out in our life how do you see the reality that you're a follower of Christ Galatians chapter 5 has been our our text for this series I want to just bring us back to there where we start but the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against these things there is no law. So he, he had just taken, he had given a whole list of things, uh, the verses leading up to this. If you go home and read Galatians chapter 5, you'll see that there was a whole list of the works of the flesh. And he contrasts work versus fruit. So when you try to work something in your life, he says, when you come and you attempt to manufacture and you shoot after something and you work really hard, this is what it produces. And it's this whole list of jealousy, anger, hatred, drunkenness, debauchery, if you know what that is, okay? So it just keeps on going on and on. It's like, wow, this, there's a whole long list of, uh, of ugly things there. And it's like, that is what I can produce if I work hard at my life. And so it's a big contrast when the works of the flesh, so the work of my flesh, and when I try harder, uh, and, and, and he contrasts, he says, but when you let the Spirit of God produce his fruit in your life. So we said that, uh, that, that there's analogy in the scripture, and we see it over and over, that Jesus is the vine and we are the branches. John chapter 15, if you haven't read it, go home and read it. John chapter 15, and j- just dig into it. I am the vine, you are the branches. You cannot produce fruit apart from being connected to the vine. So today, we're, you know, we, we started out, we looked at love three weeks ago. We looked at love and we said that God's love is high, it's deep, it's long, and it's wide. And, uh, and that's how we get to love. When we're connected to the vine, God produces this in us. He produces this fruit. It, it, it's, it's love that's deep. Then last week, you had joy. We talked about joy, and uh, Chuck did a great job. I was, down, I was down having lots of joy. Carice graduated. It was a fun time from Liberty University, and uh, we, we, we were sitting in the rain with ponchos with 50,000 people, but uh, it was fun. Can you give her a hand? She's floating around here somewhere. I don't know where she's at, all right? 
But it, it, was, it was a fun day, and I'll tell you what, I never knew that I could be so joyful in the rain. And because there's my little baby out there, and, you know, and it's like we took a picture and we found her. It's like, where's Waldo? And there she is. You know, we found her. But uh, you know, yesterday, it was, uh, it was raining. Uh, you know, I, I, we, I was privileged to be a part of a wedding, help officiate a wedding. And at 4 o'clock, the wedding was supposed to start, and they were slightly delayed. And just as the bride's coming down now, guess what happens? It just starts raining. You're in an outdoor wedding, and it's just raining. And you're, just, you're standing there, and you're saying, wow. I wonder if she's going to cry or, or like kill one of us, you know, because it's raining on her wedding day, right? And it turned to be out one of the most beautiful weddings I've ever been a part of because they had this joy. Their joy wasn't depending on the rain or the sun or any of that stuff. And they, they had a great day. And it was just like I'm standing there and I'm hearing these vows. I'm like, wow, this was an incredible expression of love, an incredible expression of joy. And that's just a small picture of what God's trying to do. He's trying to produce fruit in our life that is not dependent on if it's raining, that's not depending on your circumstances, that's not depending on anything else. And so today we're going to look at peace and how appropriate it's Memorial Day weekend uh, thing about peace because uh, if you go down to Washington, D.C., you'll see that there's a lot of peace monuments, right? Just drive around Washington, D.C. and look, look around. You'll see peace monument after peace monument. Why? Because we had a lot of wars. And as we went through those wars, we tried to make peace. The whole objective was that we'd have this, this peace. And, uh, and you look on there, you see that the, those, in honor of those who gave their lives that we may have this freedom so that we can enjoy this peace that we have. But today, we're, you know, we live in a strange world, don't we? We think we're going to have peace with North Korea. Doesn't that alarm most of us? You know, it's like, wow, we've, for most of us, our whole life, we've heard of North Korea as the enemy, and now all of a sudden we're going to be friends, and now all of a sudden we're not going to talk, and we just don't know what's going on. So we live in a world that's filled with turmoil, so we're, we're really looking for some peace there. And then, then how about even in our own country? We need peace. We have, a, we have moments of diversity and, and disagreement that we've never seen before. Uh, the country's always had diversity. But this is the first time that we've seen a country divided over diversity. And it's like we're, we're, we're just, uh, there's so much pain, there's so much turmoil. Then you look into families. How about families that are divided today? Uh, you, you know, the divorce rate is, is like 50%. There, there's so much pain. We, we need peace in, in, in all of these situations. And there's, there's no government that can produce peace. No political party can do that. Um, there's no, no, uh, no, no security system that can produce peace. Only God can produce peace. And so as we look at how he can solve that, it is by remaining. John 15, abide in him, remain in him, re, uh, and, and have that peace. So this morning, I'm going to throw out a few definitions of peace. Webster defines peace as this. And we're looking, how do we get peace? How do we have this produced in our life? Now, one definition is a state of tranquility or quiet, such as freedom from civil disturbance. Uh, also, a state of security or order within a community provided by law or custom. So, so there's peace. Um, Second definition Webster gives is freedom from disquieting or oppressive thoughts or emotions. And I thought, boy, that's the definition that I really think of a peace. Because I need peace. You need peace. You're dealing with situations. You're dealing with trouble. You're dealing with things up and down all over the place. And you're saying, man, I need peace. And that's what we're looking. We're looking freedom from that oppressive thoughts. 
or emotions, from that disquieting, that, that thing that just disturbs your soul. And so, so that can only come not by some self-help, not by five easy steps, but by being connected to the vine. If you go home and you Google how to have peace, it's very interesting. You'll see 10 ways to do it here, 20 ways to do it there. It's, everybody has an option for how to have peace. But God's option is merely to be connected to the vine and he produces the peace. Now, I like what Warren Wiersbe says. Warren Wiersbe says that love and joy together produce peace. So if the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, he's giving us this insight that that love and joy together produce the peace. So when you understand God's love, you understand the joy. You're not going to let anybody steal your joy. You're going to become connected to the vine. You're going to get in and, and be able to hear the Lord. You're going to get close to him and feel his presence. That's where joy comes from, not by looking at your circumstances, because your circumstances will change. And, uh, and truth be known, uh, your circumstances will be up today, and then it'll be down tomorrow. And they're likely to be down for about two months, right? Then they come back up for a couple days. Then they go back down, right? So we, we deal with a lot of problems, a lot of issues, but the, the, uh, the Lord wants to provide peace for us. As a matter of fact, joy and peace were so important in the early church that uh, I was reading that, they, that in the early church, they would actually name their kids after joy and peace. So love is agape. The word for joy is charis, all right, kara. I named my daughter Kara. I named Carice after grace. That means, in Greek, it means grace. And Kara means joy. Her, and so I ma- named her middle name Joy. So she's really Joy Joy, okay? So, but the, the, the other name, so there's, uh, there's love is agape, uh, joy is Kara, and then the, the next word for peace is Irene. And you know, what's, what's that sound like to you? Irene. Those, those, were the, those were common names in the early church. As people were, were developing their families, they named their kid Joy and Peace, Kara and Irene. That, because they wanted their kids to have joy and peace. They, it was such an important value to them. And so, you know, I'm kind of an oddball names your kids after Greek names and you're not even Greek, right? So it's just like, I, you know, I came out of Bible school and I was so gung-ho that I knew two Greek words. So that's how my kids got their names, right? But, uh, so I don't expect anybody to do that today. But the value of that in the early church was these are important values to our life. So we're going to name our kids after them. So as we're looking at peace today, I want you to catch this, that peace begins with God. Peace with God is the very first step. There's three types of peace we're going to look at. The very first one is peace with God. Romans 5.1 says this, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God. Now what I want to show you here is that your peace was made by what Jesus did for you. I've used this illustration. If you've been around me long enough, you'll know that eventually this will come out on a napkin while we're talking. And, uh, and here we are. It's just this little diagram. This is you on this side. There's a cliff on this side. And over here is, is, uh, is God. So on the other side, we have God. And, uh, and this, is, this is where we live. And typically, we're living over here. And we have, you know, life is not happy without God. Sometimes you don't realize why your life's not happy. You don't realize that it is just the fact that it is life without God. And so people try to do whatever they want to try and make peace. And the reason that we, have, that we don't have peace 
is because we've offended a holy God. This holy God says, you know, the guilty, the, the soul that sins, it must die. So we've offended this holy God over here, and we're unhappy, and we wonder why we're unhappy. And it's like, wow, we've offended this holy God. And God says, listen, I know everything about you, and I want you to have this relationship, and I don't want you to be separated from me. While I'm holy and I must punish sin, I took it out. And here's what God did. He came and he took it out on his son Jesus on the cross. And, uh, and, and, and as he came and he paid that price for us on the cross, and my illustration's not looking as good as I thought it would look, right? So there we go, all right? I'll just keep coloring it all in, all right? So Jesus dies on the cross and he pays for our sin. And when he does that, he provides for us this way that we can come over to Christ. And so when you see what he did, God becomes man, he makes his flesh, uh, he becomes flesh and makes his dwelling among us so that we can get to him. And now when we cross the bridge of the cross, we come over and we get this. This is what God offers us. He offers us relationship. So, so, so our way to heaven was not based upon uh, what you can do because a lot of people try to figure this out on their own. And that's what sin is. Sin is the big I problem. I'm going to do what I want to do. I am in control. You ever heard anybody say this? I got this. You ever heard that? I got this. I got it under control. I got it. I'm all right. That, that's what this is. I got this. And, and so Jesus says, no, you don't got it. There's no way that you can get this. You can't handle this. I got to come to the earth and I got to pay the price so that you can have eternal life. And so what he does is he gives us this, this opportunity to come out and, and to walk across. The only bridge is through Jesus Christ. And, and if we could just come to that understanding and just understand, okay, this is what he did. He paid the price so that I can get across there. That is peace with God. That's it. That's how it starts. If you want to have peace, it starts there. Isaiah 53, 5 says, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. And the punishment that brought us peace was upon him. The punishment that brought us peace. This was the punishment. Good thing my cross isn't too pretty today because it was ugly. All right? And it was. When he died on the cross, it was punishment. Your punishment, the punishment that you deserve, was taken out on Jesus. And God tells us that the punishment that brought us peace was upon him and by his wounds we are healed. Verse six says, we are all like sheep, we have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. So this is the first piece is peace with God, establishing a relationship with Jesus. So I wanna, if, if you haven't started that relationship with Jesus, I want you to start there today. Start with a relationship with God. Don't leave this place. Don't come to church week in and week out and not have this settled. It's, and Jesus said, it's simple. It's like a child. He, he pulled up, he said, the kingdom of heaven is like this child. He picks up a child and sits him on his lap. And just like childlike faith, trust God. So trust that Jesus come to this earth, paid for your sin, and that he came back to life again for you. Just simple childlike faith. Start there. And that's what he wants you to do. Um, as we continue this morning, there, there's a difference. There, there's another type of peace. It's known as the peace of God. So there's peace with God, and then there's the peace of God. So this morning, I want you to think about that second type of peace. And if you're taking notes, just jot that down. Peace of God. 
And as you're thinking about that, understand that there, it's one thing to know that when I go to heaven, I'm, that whenever I die, I'm going to go to heaven. To think about something that happens after life. And listen, that is the objective of the church. We want you to know where you're going after you die. But I also want you to know where you're going every day. I want you to be able to step in and have the peace of God. And I think we have that on the screen, peace of God. So I, I, want, you to, I want you to check that out. Jot that down, the peace of God. John 14, 27 says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. So Jesus, as he's leaving, now check this out. Of all the things he left, he left peace. He didn't, he didn't say, you know what, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to leave you this bag of tricks. Here's how you turn water into wine, guys. That's pretty cool. He says, I'm going to leave you the peace. He says, and my peace is not like the world gives. How does the world give peace? It's kind of a work for it, right? Sign a treaty. Go out and, and, and work hard for this thing. Uh, the, the word for peace is, 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 uh, is also known, uh, you know, there's a common greeting also known out there, shalom. And, and you can say shalom. It's like the, this, this concept that um, everything's whole and well and even prosperity. So Peace to you. I wish you peace. Well, that is commonly known that you get that peace from working hard, from making your business go well, from from being a, a righteous person in that context, right? But that's not God's context. God's context of shalom, God's context of, of wholeness and wellness and peace is that he produces it. So he says, I leave you peace, not as the world leaves. So the world says, here, go work for your peace. The harder that you work, the more you manipulate your situations and control your circumstances, you'll have peace. And God, Jesus says, no, 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 I've lived you, I'm giving you my peace. And then he goes on in that verse, he says, do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. You know what peace is? Peace is a lack of worry. It's a lack of fear. You, we deal with circumstances every day, and there's fear. There's worries that come up, and when you have peace, you don't have that worry. You don't have that fear. You don't have it. Why? Because he says it will guard your hearts. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. Um, one thing, it's one thing to have a relationship with God. It's one thing to have peace with God. It's another thing to have the peace of God. 2 Thessalonians 3.16 says, Now may the Lord of peace continually grant you peace in every circumstance. Where does peace come from? It comes from the Lord. He's the one who grants peace. If you are dealing with some things in your life, maybe you're dealing with circumstances and God says, I want you to have my peace in the midst of your circumstances that have been unpleasant. I thought you said when I follow God, I get to smile, right? Yeah. I didn't say when you follow God that everything works your way. Jesus never said that. That's, you can get that on TV. They talk about that on TV, right? Just send in $100 and everything's happy. No, no. God never said that. He says, follow me and I'll give you peace. It means your world will crumble and you won't know why it crumbled and God will give you peace. Now, see, that's something that, that the world can't even understand. May the Lord 
of peace continually grants you peace in every circumstance. Not just when things are good, in every circumstance. The peace of God doesn't rely on your circumstances. It doesn't matter. You've got bad news. You went to the doctor and the doctor said, hey, everything was good, except we're worried about this in your blood work. And all of a sudden your world changes. You go to the doctor and the doctor runs a scan and says, "Uh, we found a spot. And all of a sudden, your world changes. And God gives you peace. How do I have peace when my world changes like that? Why, how, how, how is it? And, and, and there's, a, there's a thing, it's called the peace that passes all understanding. Philippians 4, 6 and 7 says, Do not be anxious for anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So he says, don't be anxious, but here's, here's how, how to handle that anxiousness. Tell God everything. Tell God about the spot on the, on the test. Tell him about the blood work. Tell him about the job lost. Tell them about all these things and, and come and, and just tell them and let your request be made known to God. When you do that, he says that the peace of God that passes all understanding, it surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. It will guard your heart, your feelings, your emotions, and it will guard your mind, your thoughts. The peace of God now, I've been around some, some believers, and I, I watch p- believers who are mature in their faith, and I say, how did you pull this off? How did your life crumble right before my eyes, and you seem to be okay? That's called the peace that passes all understanding. You're like, I don't understand it. These people just got knocked down, and, and they're grieving. They're in pain. But yet, everybody in the community says, I, I can't figure that out. If that would have been me, I would have fallen apart. And certainly, I think it's okay to grieve. But the whole thing of peace says, I can grieve, but God is going to get me through this. I know it's okay. I may have had a disappointment, but I understand that there's somebody else who's in charge. There's a process of peace. Romans 5, verse 3 through 5. And not only this. So we just read verse 1, that our peace... The punishment on him brought us peace, right? So that, that punishment on him brought us peace. He says, not only this, not, not only knowing that, but also we, exalt, we also exalt in our tribulations. I'm thinking, who exalts in tribulations? I, you know, I'm, not, I'm not the guy that says, yeah, I just fell down a pair of steps. That was so cool, you know? Uh, yeah, I just, you know, I just lost my job and I can't wait to apply for four months or four years. You know, I, I'm not that person. But the Apostle Paul says, listen, we, we exalt in our tribulations. And here's why. He says, knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance. So everybody has hardships in life. You will have a hardship. You will face something. You will face a job loss, a health loss, a family loss, a crisis. You will face these things, right? So we know this is part of our fallen world. We will deal with these things. Tribulation. But he says tribulation brings about perseverance. And perseverance brings about proven character. And proven character brings about hope. And hope does not disappoint because the love of God has poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has given to us. It has been poured out. So God pours this out in our life. 
So here's the process, all right? Here's the process of peace. And if you're taking notes, you might want to jot these down, all right? The process of peace is number one, tribulation. You're going to deal with tribulation in your life. And if you don't deal with tribulation, uh, guess what? It's coming anyhow. Uh, nobody's looking for it, but it's coming. You're going to, th- those things are just out there. Then the more that we have tribulation, here's what happens. We deal with it. We deal with it. It produces perseverance. In other words, I'm going to keep going. And perseverance is really the ability to wait on God. So it produces this perseverance, and that is the ability to wait, and wait on God. So I'm going through, and man, this didn't work over here. This didn't work over here. This didn't work over here. And I start to develop this understanding that this didn't work over here, but I'm going to wait on God. This didn't work, I'm going to wait on God. This didn't work, I'm going to wait on God. So we develop perseverance. And then perseverance develops character. Now this is what's pretty cool. Character. Do you know what character is? Character is the things you do without even thinking. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Things you do without even thinking. So what he says here is that tribulations produce perseverance. And as you keep responding, you start to learn. You're you're learning this response. Pretty soon you develop character, which is the fruit of the Spirit producing this character in your life. And that, that character becomes an automatic response. So now I face calamity and I say, God's in charge. I face calamity. God's in charge. I face calamity. I know that God has something. I tried my own. God says he prunes me. And so what he's doing in those moments, he's pruning me. And I can trust the pruning process. I can trust that God knows. And listen, pruning, don't think that pruning is bad. I've heard people say, well, I must be bad. I I wasn't peaceful enough, so therefore God had to prune me, and, and I'm some bad person. No. God saw that you were producing fruit, and he says, I can produce more. I'm in charge. And so therefore, I'm going to produce this fruit. I'm going to prune it. And then that, so once you get that character, that immediate response, it's that, that's what you do. Without, you, without even question, you go to there. Then it produces hope, which can be synonymous for peace. So, so this is how it goes. So, so don't, don't resist it. As we deal with it, understand and come back to this confident assurance that he who began the good work in you will complete it. God isn't done with you because you had a problem. You will have more problems. Get ready for it. And, and as you do that, he's producing his character. He's producing that peace that passes all understanding, that peace that is not dependent on circumstances, that peace is not the, dependent on a doctor's report. Could you imagine if you went and you wanted to get peace from somewhere else? The doctor gives you a bad report, so, well, I'll show you. I'm going to go to Cleveland Clinic, right? Get another opinion. Oh, and that doctor says there's nothing there. Who are you going to believe? Who's giving you peace? I'm not going to some doctor for my peace. I'm not going to some test for my peace. I come to God, and he produces this peace in our life. Now, the, the last type of peace, I told you there'd be three types of peace. There was peace, uh, uh, peace with God so that we could have this relationship with him. There's the peace of God so that you can live in peace. And then there's peace with others. And I want to close on this thought this morning. That God has given you this peace so that you can be a peacemaker. So that you, you'll let this peace rule in your life. Check it out. Colossians 3.15. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body and be thankful. Let the peace of Christ rule. The word for rule there 
comes from the same root word as umpire. Isn't that cool? Let the peace of God be the umpire of your life. Here's what happens. We have a circumstance, and I want to change the rules. I want to go out and fix it. And God says, no, you can't fix it. Let the peace of God be the umpire. What's the umpire do? Big old guy sitting in the back, right? He sees everything going on. He's behind home plate. That ball's coming down. Imagine going down to the stadium and there's no umpire. Go down and watch the Pirates play, right? Strike! What's he do? The batter disagrees with the umpire. Too bad. It don't matter. Your best hitter cannot disagree with the umpire. It's okay if he disagrees, but who's calling the shots here? And God says, let the peace of God be the umpire of your life. Let it rule. You swung. You lost your job. You lost your spouse. You lost your family. You lost everything. And God says, let the peace of God rule. He said, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be known as my children. Blessed are the peacemakers that will be known as the children of God. He says, uh, as far as it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live in peace. You can't do that without the umpire. You have to let God be the umpire. And here's what's really radical. Over here, Jesus came so that you didn't have to figure this out on your own. Jesus came so that, so that you didn't have to be living and, and trying to make peace on your own. Because when you go out and you try to make peace, what's the, the works of the flesh are anger, jealousy, debauchery, emptiness, love, joy, the fruit of God. And so I think in our church and in many churches in America, people think they have this down because I've walked across the bridge and I've trusted Jesus for eternity. And I want to ask you to trust Jesus for today. I want to ask you to get, go home. And here's the application this week. The sun is shining. It may last about two more days, guys, right? I want you to get out there in that sunshine. And I want you to get along with God for 20 minutes. Half hour. And just, I'm not saying do your devotion. I'm not saying get and read 10 chapters. You can take your Bible. That's great. Talk to the Lord. I want you to get in his presence. And I want you to say, God, I need you. And I want you to let that. Because, listen, that peace, you cannot fix your marriage. You cannot fix your job. You cannot fix that health crisis. But when you get with the presence of God... He'll produce that in your life. And you'll have peace in the midst of all these problems. He died so you didn't have to do this. Let's not go here anymore. Let's let his fruit produce it in us. Let's close in prayer. With our heads bowed and eyes closed this morning, I'd just like to ask you to respond. Maybe you, you say, Pastor Ken, I don't have peace with God yet. I've been going to church for a long time, but I don't have peace with God. I, I haven't made that personal yet. If that's you this morning, I want to ask you to just pray with me. Call upon the name of the Lord. The scripture says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord will be saved from the punishment of their sin. If you do that right now, just pray with me. Quietly tell God, dear God, I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. You died on the cross 
You paid for my sin so that I could have eternal life. And God, I'm trusting you right now. I don't understand it all, but I want to walk across your bridge and trust you that you paid for my soul. I invite you into my life right now. And for others in this room, maybe you've forgotten about the peace of God. Maybe you've forgotten about how to have peace in relationships. You've been trying to win. You've been trying to get even. You've clammed up and said, I don't have to open up anymore because I've been hurt. I want you to enjoy peace. The peace of God that allows you to become the person who makes peace. Maybe God's talking to some of you this morning about initiating peace. Would you be the person to go and say, hey, let's bury the hatchet. Hey, let's have peace. Hey, let's move forward. Let's put our disagreements aside and unite together in Jesus Christ. God's talking all over this place. I want to encourage you. Respond to him this morning. Get alone sometime today. Tomorrow, the holiday, go just go hide. Sit out in the sunshine in the woods or in your backyard or on your deck and just meet with God Almighty. Lord, be with your people as we respond. I pray that you'll do some transformational work in our lives because we need you to produce this peace in our lives. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's stand up and sing. Come on.